everybody welcome back week 11 recap show pre-snap motion drew aaron hayden the gang is all here uh pretty happy week across the board uh my team got a win aaron's team went into buffalo and uh just beat the hell out of the bills man good for you guys i was trying to come up with some like funny buffalo wing pun but i just thought that that would really start the podcast off on a bad foot. So I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you again for joining us, guys. Looking forward to diving into week 11. A happy week. It's a happy week. No, no sad emojis here. Uh, dive into what we saw and then uh, round into form for our picks. We had a pretty solid week. Yeah, Aaron? Yes? Picks were good. We went three and two on the picks. Uh, losers were Saints and Raiders. Um, but yeah, I found out. I found out I, the Raiders are bad. I've been looking forward to the show all day. There's a lot of times we've had a lot of sad shows um, <laughs> over the last few weeks, a lot of blown leads, a lot of missed opportunities given uh, the two teams that we tend to support. Uh, but man, some bad gambling. We had some man. bad gambling in there too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 You can definitely sprinkle in some bad gambling, <laughs> but we had good gambling. We had big wins from Vikings and Colts. We had big losses from the Titans fired up to see that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to get into the slate today. Not, not too much, not too much disappointed me from what I saw yesterday. So I was going to ask, you know, before we dive into the show, just like a four fun question, like, you know, Thanksgiving is upon us. We've got some fun games coming up Thursday and I was just going to leave it to the group. Like what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? And I was like, Oh, Hayden, no. Yeah. That oh, was about no. a month ago for me. Oh, so. no. Yeah. <laughs> I Aiden, will be, what is your will favorite be, oh. Canadian Thanksgiving food? Like, what is what is the Canadian food of choice? I mean, it's, like? it's, I, th I think it's pretty similar. Uh, turkey, stuffing, okay. stuff like that, right? I, I, I'm not a huge turkey guy, though. So, I, uh, I don't know. The secret is that nobody is really a big turkey person. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Who, who likes turkey? Like, who, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hosting this year, and I'm really flexing on this bird. I have a turkey brining. It's going to get dry aged for two days. Like, I'm really leaning into making this the best turkey my my <laughs> wife and i watched the newest season of big mouth on netflix and uh the jewish kid's dad is just like try my bird and then as soon as the woman eats it he's like yeah it's so good does it make you hate your husband and i was like that's my only goal <laughs> a uh, a strange illness might overcome me wednesday evening that will make me not able to do anything thursday though um just so i can watch some football oh <laughs> Yeah, because you have to like work and stuff, don't you? Yeah, you, like, yeah. Go to school or whatever it is that you do. Yeah, I'm gonna be on air. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. Awful. Wow. Awful. Okay, Aaron, what's yeah. your favorite Thanksgiving food? And Hayden, what was yours? I'm sorry, I cut you off. I said I don't know stuffing. I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> you sound extremely passionate about that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with sweet potato casserole oh that's a good one uh, yeah i mean i know there's a little there's different variations if you put marshmallow on top of your sweet potato casserole you're trash i just have to say that to you right now it's brown sugar it's brown sugar pecans with, with some pecans yes yeah. or okay. walnuts either you're, way you're a very traditional sweet potato pie kind of person yes he said i am what i am <laughs> oh, <Jesus> <laughs> 
um, yikes. I've also made the transition from pumpkin pie. You know, your taste buds turn over every however many years. I'm a big pecan pie guy. Yeah. Oh, man. That stuff is just unreal. So, Does anybody in your family do like the legit like Indiana sugar cream pie? No, we don't do that. No. My, so my grandmother makes like an actual like sugar cream yeah. pie and it's, it's the only time of year that I'm like, that sounds good. Yeah. I'll, I'm here for yeah. that, man. Two scoops. Um, I actually, I, I kind of die. Like I'm all in on Turkey on Thanksgiving. Like I am like, I want Turkey. I want cranberry sauce. Like I want to lean into like, it's one day where I'm just going to be like, this is what we do on this day. And I just want it to be the best version of what it could be on this day. I mean, I always, that- I always eat it, but it's just like, I feel like, I've had 20 different iterations of turkey where somebody's like, oh, well, I did this or I cooked it this way or that way. You know what? Sure. It always it tastes the same. It tastes yep. like it tastes like <laughs> turkey. The other time. I think the other thing I'm figuring out as I'm getting older is like I used to think people in my family could cook well. But like now that I'm they can't. They're not very good <laughs> at it. And I think that's also like I'm, I'm really just trying to show out on Thursday and be like, you sons of bitches. Like this is what we could have been doing this whole time. And you held me back. Anyways, let's uh, let's talk about last Thursday before we get to this Thursday. Let's let's uh, Pat's Falcons. Uh, <laughs> if you guys heard that, uh, just the Empire Strikes Back, like the Emperor March. That's because the Pats are leading the AFC East at seven and four. Uh, Mac Jones looks like the supercomputer that apparently we all thought he was. Um, and God damn it, we got a Matt Ryan, Josh Rosen, Felipe Franks just thruple in Atlanta that just so poor to watch, man. That was pretty brutal. What, uh, what do you guys think? I've never, I've never seen a team want to forfeit so bad before, like <laughs> halfway through the fourth, like we don't, we don't want to do this anymore. We don't. I, I heard the funniest uh, description of the Patriots offense versus the Falcons defense. And unfortunately I heard it on Friday after the game. I, I didn't bet on the game. Um, I took all the Matt Ryan under props, but, so that hit. So I guess I did bet on the game. Yeah. But um, they were talking about how uh, the whatever pod I was listening to was talking about how the linebackers and the defensive front for Atlanta was pretty like lightweight, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't not a lot of real you know space eaters and 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 people that are going to gobble up blocks and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was the the Sharp, the Warren Sharp. I'm a big fan of the Warren Sharp and what he's doing. It was somebody on his show that was like, yeah, um, the Patriots offensive front and their running backs are built for straight up violence. Like they, they run this like 1970s, like we're, we're going to like hurt you. We're, we're going to inflict punishment upon you. And they talked about how the, the Falcons front seven was just not, not equipped to be able to handle the heat and the noise that was going to be brought to them. Um, and that's, that's like exactly what happened. I mean, they just, they just ran either Bolden or the, the rookie Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris. They just kept running like tackle blast, like center, right. ISO stuff. And they were just like, just punishing, punishing the Vikings. I'm sorry, the, the Falcons. God damn. And, 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 <laughs> and, and then if you flip to the other side of the ball, I mean, the, the Patriots, do the Patriots have the best defense in the NFL? Like, I don't know what the numbers uh, say. I'm I mean, just going by the eye test. Like, good Lord. They played I, against I, the Falcons. I know with, it was the Falcons, but I'm saying they did this Cordero to the Browns. Patterson. They did this to the Browns. And the Browns are, 
I, I'm saying they've been doing this for like a month now where they've Don't just be been prisoner of the moment wrecking people. I'm not, I'm not out here trying to make a lot of like, like I'm, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl champs or it's historically a great defense. I'm just saying like, I feel like this defense is playing probably just about as good as any other defense in football right now. Over the last month, they have played the Sam Darnold led Panthers, the Browns, Sons, Chubb, and Hunt, and OBJ, uh, and the Falcons without Cordero Patterson. So let's calm down on the on the are they the best defense in football talk? Because well, that's we're far fetched from we're far from there. However, they're rounding in the form in a way that's terrifying. They're leading the AFC East. Uh, I believe they still have. Uh, they have a game against the Dolphins and the Jags left in the docket. Well, they play the Titans next week, who, you know, the I don't Titans know who are who we thought they were. I they don't are know who, I, I don't know who's going to be. They might be without AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. So you have to assume they're just going to wreak havoc on another underwhelming offensive attack. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's going to look so stupid with his stupid face, cranking that stupid helmet. He's just be like, uh, and he's going to do a stupid fucking layup celebration. God, I hate that guy so much. Uh, but they play, they've got two games left against the Bills. So you got to figure they split, they split with the Bills. They beat the tight, they, they go to Indy. They have a game here on the 19th, which is probably going to get flexed to Sunday Night Football in all reality. If the Colts keep playing the way they are. So you got to think they're going to probably split those two, four and two down the stretch. That puts them, what, 11 and six and probably a two or three seed in the AFC. And it's like, what, what the fuck? How did we get here? This, this, this reprieve of Belichick in the playoffs was only, what, one year? Um, I did have one other interesting fact written down from this game. So it was a lunar eclipse on Sunday, or excuse me, on Thursday, uh, when the Colts or when the Patriots and the Falcons were playing. I cannot make this up if I tried. The lunar eclipse in the city of Atlanta lasted three hours and 28 minutes. There are three minutes, 28 seconds. I cannot make that up. Thanks. Uh, so for those of you at home who are saying there isn't a God, I, in fact, point to that coincidence. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's bounce past, uh, let's bounce past that game, which God, who would have thought Cordero Patterson was like the key to making the Falcons go. That's just unbelievable to me. I mean, he uh, has been all year. I really don't think that would have changed the outcome of that game very much. No, no but I mean, what is it then? You know, is it, is it 25 to 10 or something like at least respectable, like at least you scored, um, <laughs> I also think the other thing that might have added to this was this is the only game of the year in Atlanta that the Chick-fil-A is open during the duration of the game, which that would distract me. Yeah. I would be concerned. Hmm. I would be like, oh, hey, it's halftime. Let me get a spicy (laughs) chicken sandwich (laughs) and some honey mustard. Thank you. Anyways, uh, Ravens, Bears. God, this game was on red zone more than it should have been. And they went to like the four boxes on the red zone and like the Vikings, it was right after they scored and gave the ball back to green Bay. And that wasn't one of the games on the four box. They had like the jets dolphins, this game and like two other ones that were just compl- I was like, what are we doing here? And then I saw like a bunch of tweets that the Packers scored and I was just on fire. I I've never hated Anthony Siciliano more than I did that day. Um, but uh, no Lamar, too sick to play, not COVID. Uh, enter Tyler Huntley, goes 26 of 36 for 219. Did throw a pick, 
threw an absolute dime in the fourth quarter to put them in scoring position. I mean, yeah, I thought, just, I thought he was fine. He I was fine. He uh, other news, uh, Justin Fields gets hurt after he goes four of 11 for 79 yards. Um, one of the most mind boggling plays was like fourth and five. And there was a guy like he could have just checked it out of Montgomery and he opted to try to run and get it. And that's when he got hurt. It was pretty, that guy, that guy like twisted his ankle or it was just kind of awkward. Yeah. And then, uh, Andy Dalton comes in and throws two touchdowns, throws a 70 yard touch on the first play, which really was like a six yard pass that went for 70. I mean, Mooney just torched everybody. Um, he looked sharp though. Dalton looked pretty sharp. He, he was did. ready. To, he, he was ready to roll. Super nice guy. He's a very nice guy. He's <laughs> looking for an opportunity. Um, I think the thing that at one point, David Montgomery had rushed nine times for 46 yards. And then they were like, hey, we're just not going to do that anymore. Um, and then he ended up 14 for 58. And they basically just went away from him in entirety. They're like, we yeah. actually just don't want to run the ball at all. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any? Well, the, Ra- the Ravens were down. The Ravens were down a couple of corners. So I think they just they decided Patrick Queen was all over the field. They were like, you know what? We're not going to be able to move this offensive front or the, the, the defensive front for the Ravens to be able to do what we need to do on the ground. So they just thought they'd be better off running the ball. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm interested to see what the Bears do going forward at the quarterback position. If they, I don't know, do they just bring Fields back in as soon as he's healthy? Oh, as soon as he's to. healthy? They have to. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dalton is going to be in Seattle next season. That's my, that is my long shot prognostication because I'm pretty sure that Russell Wilson is going to get traded to like Denver or something. So do you want to do this now? Or do you want to wait till, until the Seattle game for the Russell talk? Because that's the Broncos have re-signed two wide receivers in the past like three days and they have Judy under the rookie contract made sure Noah Fant was taken care of and they're like we're gonna make sure we have every skill position player like here they're they're doing the thing where they're like yeah we have all the tools like and, and I think they're I think you're right uh my first thought was Rogers I, I thought if there's any well that's who they wanted last last year too and then or this year I guess yeah I think Rogers wanted them I'm really wondering if there's not like some wink, wink, like, Hey, I, I got out of my last deal in green Bay. Like I, I gotta go. I gotta take one more vacation with the family before I, I move into our apartment full time. Like, do <laughs> <laughs> so you think Russ, you think Russell Wilson is, I mean, I, th- I just think he's a candidate. I'm not saying like, Oh, he'll definitely be there over Rogers. I'm just saying, I, I think that Denver will be in the market for a veteran play caller who can do a little bit more um, than what they've had on their plates. And I think Seattle, the Seattle rest marriage is just about run its course Ooh, at this point. Um, they look yeah. bad. It just yeah. seems like a natural, seems like a natural fit. Um, I mean, Matt Nagy is, 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 does he see the end of the year or what do we, what do we think happens there? As a Vikings fan, I hope they keep him forever. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad yeah so bad yeah i uh i can see that uh, man it's just even watching their post-game presser when they're like pressing him on questions about like well you know like did you see something here like why did because like, that's when i first thought about the montgomery thing they asked him like why didn't you run the ball more and he was like that just wasn't what the was what scheme called for and it was like like what what I mean, scheme lost. I mean, scheme lost you the game, big dog. Like, I don't want to tell you. 
Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think week to week, it's really easy to drill Nagy. And I've been a big Nagy detractor. I, I, I don't I think he's terrible, but uh, he did take did, he took the Bears to the playoffs like two or three years with Trubisky. Did he not? I mean, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was so, that was a real thing. But I think some of that, too, was just the the comeback with uh, from Tressman. Like, all of those players hated Tressman. That's why he was gone so fast. CFL legend, uh, Jim Tressman, mind you. And then, yeah, but last year in 2020, and they almost beat the Saints in, in that wild card game in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I understand, like, he makes a lot of real questionable decisions, and he's, like, a, he's like supposed to be a play-calling specialist that sucks at calling plays. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a Bears fan, yeah, I want him to be fired. But sometimes I think he takes a little too much heat. Oh, naggy sympathizer. You're the first one. You're the one and only. <laughs> one and only. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it. you know, they've if Khalil Mack is playing in that game, I don't know. That, that could be a different story. They might have they may have taken that one. But who knows? Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Moving yeah. on. Uh, so Ravens seven and three sit atop the AFC North. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to win the division, right? It's probably not close at this point. The, the Bengals are six and four, but excuse me. They just kind of feel like they are who we thought they were. I think they're better than people thought they were. They might not be as good as people were considering maybe three weeks ago, but they're still yeah. better than they were before the season started. That's very true. And then yeah, I'm looking at their schedule, though. Listen to this to finish this bad boy out. They've got, they've got they get the Steelers at home next week, which the Steelers are coming, so that that should be a win. Then they have Chargers, Niners. They go two mile high. They have the Ravens again. They have the Chiefs, and then they finish the year in Cleveland, which that game might actually have they might actually have like real implications, town vibes. Yeah. Um, not exactly the easiest slate to no. end on. No, that's pretty brutal, actually. And let's actually let's jump to the Browns while we're here. They they won 13 10 against the Lions. This was very much like a survive and advance game. This game was very I I uh I said in our Slack, I was like, man, they need to take Baker out because this is dangerous what they're doing to him. Uh he went 15 for 29 through two picks. He was if Carson Wentz played on two sprained ankles, my guy is playing on like one leg. He does not look mobile. He cannot move at all. I don't He's... understand why Case Keenum's not playing. Like he Baker's either really hurt or he's really bad. One of the two, but it's like, you can't tell me Case Keenum couldn't do better than that, than what we saw from him yesterday. I, I thought after the first quarter, when it was apparent that, He's immobile. He can't move. He said during he said during the week, a reporter asked him, like, you know, like how injured are you? He's like, this is the most injured I've been in my entire career. Like I've he's got like he's playing with a separated or he's playing with a tear in his AC in his left shoulder. Uh he's got one ankle that's fucked. He's got a knee that's fucked. Uh he's got a hip that's bad on like the other leg. Like it's just I, I wouldn't even call myself a bigger sympathizer, but you can watch a player and you're like, oh yeah, no, that's not, that's not the way that you should look. And that's very much where they're at with him. And, and Stefanski is still like, mm, nope, we're going to play. We're going to run that play action boot. My guy, just get out there. And uh, he's a gamer. I mean, I'll give him that, but he, there were two passes where he clearly couldn't plant appropriately and he sailed two balls that were bad at. 
they almost lost at home to an opposing quarterback who had 77 yards and two interceptions. Like they almost lost that game. They said that they, there was a note one of the announcers said about that quarterback in college. In his entire college career, he had more interceptions than touchdowns thrown. Apparently, they were just like, oh, the NFL, they just thought he had enough physical tools to be able to develop them or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. That's, that's peak. Like, he's just a good hang. Like, Tim has to know where, like, all of the blow is. Like, like every time – because they sit down in the quarterback room and like the, the starting like uh golf has a bad day uh tim's like hey man you know just come to my place i got a couple steaks we'll throw them on we'll throw a few back <laughs> we'll play some pool and then tim's, and you know jared's like yeah man i really need that that's that's awesome thanks tim. tim's like don't worry man i'll crush the film after you leave i'll send you notes like we'll take care of it like tim <laughs> has to be just an absolute fucking bro there's no other explanation for this Swift um, is like getting no pub, but the guy's kind of run wild the last few weeks. This DeAndre Swift, uh, the running back for the Lions. So, um, Var Arrington and Gus Johnson were on the call for this. Uh, and it was right after Swift had busted that long run. He had like nine rushes for like 106 yards. And uh, LeVar's like, yeah, man, he's playing at a really great pace. Uh, I just wonder if he's got the stamina to, you know, keep running like this. And this game was like, Var, he's only played 15 snaps. <laughs> yeah. He, he only had 14, he had 14 touches. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, and it's it's like the middle of the second quarter, my guy. Like, what are we 17? It's 17 touches in the whole game. Yeah, and it was just I was just it was one of those where I just I felt like the the announcing team like clearly didn't do a lot of press or like didn't do a lot of review on like no thing, which I probably would have either, but uh yeah, man, just uh, survive in advance. That's all you can ask for. Uh, the Browns are six five, and they're uh, they're moving on. Um, one one other note here on our our Lions, because again, we are uh, Dan Campbell on the Detroit Lion podcast. Detroit today. Um, next week they get the Bears, and it sounds like the Bears like still might not have Akeem Hicks. Like it sounds like they're going to be without some key guys, and this might be oh boy. Off Dalton, but it's in Detroit, man. It's in Detroit. Wow. Motor City. Interesting. Motor City. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about a game that I was all over. Uh, I said on the podcast last week, Washington Red Hogs uh, go and beat Carolina. It's 27-21. Cam scores a tutty, runs to the the Panther, puts puts the ball on Serper, and does his traditional – Superman celebration. Uh, I was on the pod last week and I was like, they're laying, like they're laying points. We know this team isn't good with this exact rot. We saw it two years ago. They weren't good. They're still not good. Uh, Taylor Heineke went in there, uh, did his dance. That throw he had on fourth down in the fourth quarter where he, where he rolled left, stopped on a dime and threw it over a tight end to a receiver. I was like, God, God bless this guy. Just the biggest balls I've ever seen. Dude, he he's also I think one of one of our favorites on this podcast is Red Hog Heineke. I mean, I, he he was out there just just doing what he does, slinging the ball. I mean, that's why you love the guy. He just plays with no conscience, no memory, no nothing. In the words of Ted Lasso, he's a goldfish out there. He's a goldfish out there. He just he just he throws a pick or he gets hammered. Eh, Ten seconds later, he forgets about it. He's out there slinging. 
And and I I can't get enough of it. I love it. I love it so much. He's like Fitzpatrick's godson or something. So he's currently second in the league in multi-touchdown games. Uh, he's had eight multi-touchdown games this year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. So you got to win one game, right? You got one drive to win a game. Okay. Taylor Heineke or Far go. Or who? Or Taylor Heineke or Bud Far go. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's reel it in. We want to maintain some credibility. Like Fred Favre right now in 2021 or like when he played football? Oh, dude. I'm sheer hyperbole. All right. We had Cam 21 of 27, Bucky 9, two touchdowns, Caffrey 10 carries, Cam 10 carries. Again, man, we, we talked about this. We know that team's not good. We saw it. That's why they let Cam leave. We're like, oh, shit. Cam's washed. And now here we are. So – I did want to run something by you guys because I was having mixed feelings watching Cam. I, I've never been a, like a huge Cam fan or a Panthers fan. Yeah. But it just felt right. It felt yeah. right seeing him back there in the Panthers jersey in Carolina and him running the RPO bullshit and rushing in for a touchdown. I don't know. It just felt like – I felt like nostalgic watching this. And I, I, I couldn't help but feel good for him. I mean – don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm not like heartbroken that they lost or anything like that, but it just like, I was like, yes, yeah. this is like, this is what I've been watching for 10 years. This is what I'm used to seeing. And you know what their offense. I mean, I know that CMC has been in and out of the lineup, but their offense looked about as good as it has all year. I mean, I felt like it was a little more opened up DJ Moore. They, he was finding DJ Moore for some stuff. And yeah, they, I, I, they definitely, the offense felt like it had more teeth than it did with, uh, um, <laughs> with Darnold or, or PJ. So uh, I think it was Albert Breer was talking about how like the trajectory on Cam's throw was still like the lowest of any quarterback, like on record, like he just throws darts and it's like, in that part of it, like receivers can have a harder time picking it up, like shorter down situations. Like it's easier for DBs, to, like get their hand in there. Like there's no touch and like defenders can kind of play the receiver in a way that, I don't want to say they're like fronting them like a basketball term, but like, that's basically what they're doing where it's like, Hey, you've got to throw it over me in a position to where like yep. your guy can go up and get it like a rebound. And uh, that can really be a detriment to some of their third down success when he's not running the ball. But uh, uh-huh. let's uh, let's bounce Texans Titans. Uh, the Houston Texans won a, uh, won a game 22 13. I didn't realize that David Culley and uh, Mike Rabel were on the same roster with the Steelers. I did not know that. That was interesting to me. Uh, Culley was a coach there. Uh, and I said it in our Slack, I said, You sons of bitches, you finally did it. The Houston Texans took a delay of game penalty, punted. Chester Rogers takes the punt off the butt. What was he Texans- doing? What was he doing? I have no idea. He just like turned around. I have no idea what, what was happening. And it was just, it's just Coley magic, baby. It's just Coley magic. He's like, look, we're going to take this delay game. We could kick a long field goal, but we're not going to do that. We're going to take, we're going to take this penalty. We're going to take the five yards. We're going to kick this punt. We're going to pin him in their own right, right in the five yard line. And Chester Rogers said, son of a bitch. I wasn't expecting this. And that thing <laughs> right in the ass. And they got the ball in the five yard line. God, in the middle of a downpour, no hat, no umbrella, just water running down his face like Tom Hanks and Castaway. And he's just like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another fun fact in this game, other than the uh, variable Coley thing, this is the first time since the merger that 
a team with the worst record in the NFL has beaten a team with the best record. I love this. NFL. I love this game. I love this. <laughs> like I, I don't, this is the type of game that just made me go, you know what? No, nobody's good. Nobody's good. There, there's no good teams in the NFL or at least no, no, no great teams. Like yeah. there's a couple of like above average teams and some below average teams and then a few real dog shit teams, but there's no, like, it just seems like it's been so long since we haven't had that one dominant force, you know, whether it was like, you know, the Patriots or the chiefs or, you know, it's been like the Ravens a few years, or I don't know. I, I always yeah. feel like there's just been one team that's like the odds on favorite. And I just, I don't know that we, I don't I don't know that we have that this year. There's a lot of parody. It's when you're a team like the Colts and the Vikings, like we're a fans of, you're just sitting here being like, just, just get in the playoffs, just make it to the playoffs because yep. There's nobody that I'm looking across the line and saying, we definitely can't beat this team. We definitely, all these top tier teams have just like these head scratching, inexplicable losses. And it's like, just get there, just get there. I mean, uh, you look at a team like the, the Titans, their last two losses were the Jets and uh, the Texans. Like what? And this, and like we talked about, they're down their big three that supposedly they had going into the season, you know, Julio who hasn't really, done anything for them aj brown's been solid he he got a chest injury or something i don't know what his deal is what his uh status is going forward derrick henry all kinds of wild predictions about when he will or won't come back i don't really know what to expect there but it's like yeah um i I was all over the texans on this game not because i thought they were going to win i just expected tennessee to play super super conservative and just try to edge this one out like you know, 17 10 or something like that i thought 10 and a half was too much did not expect the texans just to take them to the mat and keep them pinned there for four quarters but that's what we got that's what we got i was happy to see it yeah uh can we talk about uh the Tannehill four interceptions and just how happy that made me like, just as i'm watching this game God. I just, I remember, like, this was not that long ago, listening to, like, it might have been, like, the, like, Rusillo pod or something, and he was like, I don't know, I'd take Tannehill over Kirk Cousins. I'm like, would you fucking do that now? I would not. <laughs> Jesus. No, I, I thought that he, they outgained, I, I can't remember what the numbers were. It was, like, I think Tennessee more than doubled the offensive output that, that, the, uh, that the Texans had, but, man, oh, yeah. he just could not help but turn that ball over again and again and again yeah just god bless i i feel like we did the thing with him where we just we put him in this in this tier because he was handing the ball to derrick henry and throwing the ball to aj brown it was like well no like Tannehill, look, look at the reads he's making I'm like he's throwing against eight guys in a box sometimes nine just throwing against single coverage all the time off play action like Tannehill, Tannehill's not good man he's just not this this isn't the best time to bring this up, given that the Falcons just got um, smashed. But I think Arthur Smith and Derrick Henry are um, of equal importance to how good Tannehill looked last year. Yeah. And um, I, I just think that Arthur Smith has a pretty, pretty sharp offensive mind. And obviously Derrick Henry changes the whole, the whole um outlook of your offense but without both of those two things now he's just another guy out there I mean I don't know and I don't know what you want him to do you take away two your starting receivers and the guy that your offense was totally based around the last three years it's like 
I sure. don't know what, what do we really expect them to do here? <laughs> uh, no, no. And, and you're, and you're right. I mean, there's, there's the whole thing where it's like, well, like who's your ruling throwing to? And like, I can understand that entire argument, but like, he just looked bad. Like he didn't look good. Shook. Pro- progressions looked bad. I mean, he looked like he was playing in Miami again and it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, that's near, more, near the end of this game. Their defense was trying to keep them in it. They had six fourth quarter drives, the Titans and Tannehill right. found a way to fuck it up every single time. So, uh, good job, Ryan Tannehill. If, if you can get on top of this Tennessee team early in the game. Oh yeah. See ya. It's a, it's a real problem. <laughs> it's a real, real problem for the Titans to try to play come from behind football. Um, so let's, uh, let's bounce to God. We had nine games on the one o'clock slate. Uh, it was a heavy, it was a heavy slate. It was great. I was just, just sat there, like put it on me. Let's do it. Um, let's talk, uh, let's talk Niners Jags. Uh, is there a non quarterback in the NFL who is more important to his team's success than Kittle? I mean, I might have said Derrick Henry. Well, uh, okay. Maybe John, yeah. maybe Jonathan, maybe Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Like George Kittle, the, the Niners looked like completely lost. Like they looked like they couldn't do anything on offense. They couldn't run the ball particularly well. They couldn't throw the ball particularly well. They lose to the Colt McCoy led Arizona Cardinals at home. George Kittle comes back. They beat the Rams by 21 because they ran the ball 44 times. And he absolutely lifted Von Miller on like four of those running plays. I saw a few of those replays. He destroyed him. And and then they go to Jacksonville, who if there's anything that Jacksonville does have, their run defense has been relatively stout this year. The Josh Allen gate's good. Josh Allen, Miles Jack. They've got a couple guys who can make plays up front. And they just did the same thing. Uh, Garoppolo threw the ball 22 times, 16 for 22, 176 yards. They were like, here's what we do. We run the ball incredibly effectively. George Kittle is effectively a right tackle blocking people. He's like the only tight end in football where you can be like, maybe him and Gronk four years ago, where it was like, no, 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 you can take the defensive end one-on-one. We're not tripping. It's fine. You got it. (laughs) And like, also you're constantly afraid that he's going to have one of those plays where they throw him something in the slant like a like just a drag and he just like mercs four dudes and you're like fuck that guy is really good um he had one where they were basically on their goal line where uh where garoppolo was in trouble and just kind of like flipped it up and kittle was like oh yeah let me separate off this corner and i'll snag this and i'll pick up 16 and yeah we're cruising san francisco looks like i thought they were gonna look in the beginning of the year like they look good. See, well, good looks good. Well, Debo too. I mean, both of those guys are just like terrorizing people out in space, either with or without the ball, either as blockers yeah. or as ball carriers. Yeah. They're just, they're just two nasty sons of bitches that I yeah. wouldn't want to have to try to tackle no. or, or get through them blocking me. I mean, the, Debo Samuel had eight carries for 79 yards in this game dude, and just get the ball in his hand. <laughs> what, what I love so much about Shanahan uh, might've been balding or broken down. So there was a play on like the 22 yard line. It was the one that Debo scored on that end around where basically all that they did was everybody on the right-hand side blocked in a line. Like they almost created a vertical line in the middle of the field. And Baldinger is like, I've never seen this. He is simulating a gap on a kick return. It was like, all they're doing is creating a lane and it's, you catch the ball coming around the edge and you hit that lane as fast as you can. 
And like, that's it. And that's exactly what he did. And he's just like, gone. Yep. To the five. And I was like, I've never seen that. I, I, I mean, when you see the zone running scheme, it, it is so much side to side, but there's a, you're, you're effectively trying to stretch the defense. So the tailback or your, your runner can pick their gap, put their foot in and go. This was no, you're, you're rounding the corner, like a track meet. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to go right here as fast as you can. I was like, dude, that is, that's fucking nuts. They, they didn't play a ton of this game on red zone, but it definitely looked like from what I saw from the, even just the highlights that I saw that this is a game where Shanahan was, was playing checkers and uh, Urban Meyer was playing chess or the other way around reverse yeah. that flip it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, this is one that I'm for sure going to game pass at some point through this yeah. week, because I just want to look, I'm, I'm purely going to look at blocking schemes. I'm going to watch this game like from the fucking end zone angle. And I'm just like, Whoa, kick out here. Pow. Like I'm just going to Mark Slayer <laughs> the shit out of this game. <laughs> I do um, love the Baldy. Those Baldy breakdowns are, are gold. Oh, he's, those he's are fa- great. He's those great. are fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's hit. We got two more one o'clock games and then we'll talk about the teams, our teams that won, and then we'll, we'll keep it moving. Um, we have the, Dolphins Jets 24-17. Uh, Tua had that long tutty where he kind of broke free and threw that. Um, I Dolphins Twitter has like somehow convinced me that it's like, oh, but 27 for 33. Tua, look at Tua. Right, right just, before the pod, right before the pod, I got a text from one of my Dolphins diehards. So it was like, oh, look at this interesting chart. And it was like total QBR for the year. And Tua's like ninth ahead of like, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Stop Allen. Went, and I'm like, it. I'm like, oh great, he's the MVP, fantastic. Yeah, he's better than Mahomes. You're, what do you want me to say to this? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's missed like three games, right? Um, at least. Okay, so, man, you you have one dolphin friend in particular that I I gotta I need him to expose himself, like respond to something on our Twitter so I can just we can get after it. I'll let him know. Because, because this guy is excited about Tua for beating Joe Flacco in the yeah, year of our I was just gonna say. <laughs> he didn't he didn't make any specific reference to this Sunday's game. He was just like, oh, look at this chart. This, uh, yeah. like, this doesn't mean anything. You could cherry pick any kind of stats you want. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know what we're doing there. Um, especially because it's like if I go to like if I go to like PFF, he's the 19th rated quarterback, like still behind Jacoby Brissett. And like, that's something special. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like do Dolphin, I don't, I don't get involved with Dolphins Twitter very much. Cause I just don't need that kind of negativity in my life right now. But do they like, are they, do they think the two is still their guy? Like, are they excited to go into the next couple of years? Like, hanging their hat on the Tua. But like even the Dolphins I, I, I have pretty much just been like, hey, like Tua's not our guy. Like, wasn't I it? I know, I know. I mean, wasn't it kind of like an open rumor that they were just like, no, like we really, we just went to Sean Watson. Like we don't really care so much about yeah. Tua. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, he threw that, he threw that one like busted coverage touchdown in, I was just like, oh God, here we go. I can already hear it. Like if you took that 70 yard touchdown out of this, he was, I mean, he he's what, 26 of 32 for 200 yards? Like, are we really excited about that? Yeah. I'm not. Anyway, 
Anyways, I, I've been a big Tua poo pooer for a long time now, and nothing and then, in this game, nothing in this game made me reconsider that opinion. See, that was the other thing, right? So they, they don't have the Vikings game on this four box, but I'm, I'm forced to fucking watch this <laughs> Dolphins Jets game. I'm like, this means nothing to anyone. Like, I, I, the Dolphins didn't have their first pick. Like, they're not even, they're not even in this for like tanking anymore. There's like whatever I, we were yeah. gonna suck. Yeah. Um, and, there are no man's land. You know, I will say from a Jets perspective, you know, obviously, I I think there's a little bit there's a little bit in there to be hopeful for as a Jets fan. Not for this season, obviously, but I really like their young skilled guys. Um, the the Mims, Elijah Moore guy. Elijah Moore. Mims. I, not not so much. I'm not a Mims guy, but Elijah Moore I think is the real deal. And also, I've been seeing more and more from the, the running back. Yeah, Carter. Michael Carter. Is it Michael yeah. Carter? Yeah. yeah. I and, and I whatever. I mean, maybe I'm just cherry picking some, some plays here and there, but it just feels like every week I'm like, oh shit, like that was that was an impressive play or that was a sick catch or I don't know, whatever. I I just feel like those guys have some stuff going on. Maybe when they get Zach Wilson back next year with some experience under his belt, maybe they can beef up the offensive we'll get line. Back I don't know. They'll I don't get back. Maybe in. they get they get back their franchise left yeah. tackle next year. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, I'm I'm just seeing some building blocks. I'm seeing some, yeah. some potential building blocks for them. If we want to talk about teams that like have legitimate building blocks, it's our next team. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. So they've won three games in a row. I went back. I'm watching this game. And you, you guys can roast me here if you want. We talked last week about how they you've had... Been a, you've been a very big Eagles naysayer the last, like, six weeks. Just hear me out. Just hear right. me out. Um, the reason that they had building blocks is because they have three first-round picks next year. And Ooh. one of them is the Dolphins. They have their own. They have the Dolphins. Uh, and then they have... Uh, the third one escapes me. But it's another one that it doesn't suck. So Is, that the, is it the Niners? No. Mm, oh, it is the Niners because yeah. the Niners had the th- that they did that weird quarterback trade around thing last year yeah. where they like trade it up and then yeah. So they've got three first round picks next year. So they have legitimate building blocks. <laughs> I mean, there's anytime you get three first rounders in a draft, especially a draft that's like a really good depth draft where you could mm-hmm. probably like flip one of those first for like a later first and like a third, like and route Ra- and Rose was going to trade these things 44 times before we get there. Anyways. So we talked last week. When was the last time that you had three players on a team with more than 10 carries throughout a season? And I looked and I found a certain team and I'm like, that's pretty weird. So I start looking further into this team. Uh, The quarterbacks stats that year were oddly similar. That team won a playoff game. Uh, They also had a defense with a strong uh, defensive line they had a really good corner and they had just a division that wasn't awesome. And it was the Tim Tebow, Denver Broncos. <laughs> Dude, Jalen hurts. Stat lines are almost identical. It's terrifying. Tebow threw 16 touchdowns, six picks. He completed like 52% of his passes. They are almost spot on for passing yardage at this point throughout the season. And their rushing yards are almost identical. Who are it, the, was it? Was who are the running backs with him? Was it Monty Ball? That he had Monte Ball, um, and then he had uh, it was like a it was like a faster guy. I'm, I'm not gonna go back and look it up, but but yes, yeah, like it it was okay. I'm already on it now. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, I'll never forget. I'll never forget where I was. There's like a few sports moments, and I don't know why this is one of them. But when he threw that slant 
to was it Demarius Thomas? Demarius Thomas. So that was the other thing. That was the other thing. So I'm like, (laughs) that was Demarius Thomas's rookie year. They had Devontae Smith in their rookie year. And I'm just like, man, what is this? And I'm like, they they keep winning games the same way. I look at their roster every week. I'm like, well, this team kind of sucks. And then like they run the ball 74 times and they get a win. All right, so it was 2011, the 2011 Denver Broncos. Da, 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 da. It was Willis McGahee and Lance Ball. They had no Sean Moreno on that team. No Sean Moreno, that's who it was. Yes. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, so no Sean got hurt that year. But yeah, they had Willis McGahee who had 250 carries. Lance Ball had 100 carries. And then Tebow had 122 carries. Their yards per carry is almost identical. Their passing stats are almost identical. And if I had to bet, like Nick Sirianni is like digging into like some weird like Denver Broncos triple option bullshit. (laughs) And he's like, nope, this is the tape I want you to watch, Jalen. Also, Jalen has kind of a flawed throwing motion. He's slow to throw the ball. That's his big, that's his big ding. And like, even after this year, if they win a playoff game by some miracle, the Eagles are going to look to move on from him. I didn't, I didn't want to go down this rabbit hole. I didn't want to get to where I got, but it just, I just, the further I kept going, I was like, holy shit, this is it. They did it again this week. I was just looking, they, they had three guys with double digit rushing attempts and a fourth guy that had six. Yes. So that, that's two weeks in a row that they've done that. Dude, um, I watched this I, game. It was, it was unbelievable. And it's just every play in, there were four carries that Jalen Hurts had, Aaron, four carries. I counted them. I started taking notes on it. Cause I was like, this is unbelievable where he would run what was clearly supposed to be an RPO. And if the handoff wasn't there and the pass wasn't there, and when he started to run, if he couldn't see daylight, he just fell on his butt. Like he took three runs that were losses because he just fell on his butt. He was like, nope, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Like like Nick Sirianni legitimately told this guy, he was like, look, you have two reads. And if you can't get it, just go down. Doesn't matter anymore. You know what? You got to work smarter, not harder. I'm not going to take a hit. I'm not going to fumble this. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to tear something. I'm going straight down. It was unbelievable. Bold strategy. Bold I do strategy. have. One, I do have one other anomaly that I wanted to touch on, and it's uh, it's actually from college football, and this made me think about it. Uh, did you see in the Purdue Northwestern game that Northwestern was sacked on four consecutive plays? Whoa! So they started the ball and produced no, thirty-five. I did the, not see this. They started the ball with the ball and produced thirty-five. They got sacked so many times they turned the ball over on downs on their own forty-one. <laughs> That's hard to do. Like I at what a, point did, did you, can't you just call a screen or something to like, dude? I took some a pressure. Like, what's going on here? I took a screenshot. And I saved like the game script. Like I saved like the bleach report. Like here's what happened. Cause I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. Um, you know, you, you have to be really impressed with the, the Philly, their offensive front, because I, I was on the saints this game and I, granted it was before I knew Kamara was out. So that kind of sucked, but um, new Orleans has the number one rush defense in football. And I was like, yeah. okay, they're going to, they're going to force hurts to throw the ball. And it's going to go very poorly for him. And that didn't happen. They did not force Hurts to throw the ball. They were able to run on this defense, and I just – I didn't see that coming. I did not expect that. So, yeah, credit to the Philadelphia offensive line for moving some guys around and opening some holes because Jordan Howard is not making a bunch of dudes miss, all right? I'm just going to throw that out there. 
that he's not at a point in his career where he's like really elusive. So if he's running for four or five yards a clip, he's getting a lot of yards before contact, put it that way. My, uh, my favorite bet this season has been the over in any Eagles game because they just find a way to put up 30 points. And uh, their defense really isn't that great that they hold their opponents to uh, not many points. So the over in any Eagles game, I've, I'm loving it this year. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting, Hayden. You should play that on your pick twos going forward, to be honest. Uh, no, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Taysom Hill didn't play uh, because of a foot injury. And the Saints were like, <laughs> the, the Saints were like, hey, like, you know what? You're so valuable and it's so apparent. We're going to give you a $40 million extension. Well, it's up to $95 million if he becomes their starting quarterback over the next four years, which if you would have asked me, hey, Drew, at the beginning of the year, who are two different entities that are going to have a weird, irrational love for some white guy? And like my first thought would have been like, well, probably the Republicans. But then I knew that that was like a normal thing. So I took a step back. And I never thought that like the Latter-day Saints and the New Orleans Saints would just have the same infatuation of this weird, useless white guy that I can't figure out. <laughs> Just Mormons and Sean Payton are like, you know who I fucking need in my life? Taysom Hill. Like, I fucking need him, man. I just fucking need him. You know what? That, that sparked an idea in my mind. What about Russell Wilson to the Saints next year? How married are they to Jameis Winston? I don't know what that contract is. He's a free agent. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Russell Wilson. Um, wow. Hustle and bustle to the Big Easy. That could be interesting. He's short. Think- He's short like Breeze. Man, him and him and Taysom Hill are both just men of God. Like you know how well they would jive. Like they. Oh would, yeah. Oh hell Ru- yeah. Russell would be like, "Hey, man, like I don't want to be weird or anything, but like Jesus is the one true Lord and Savior. Like the Mormons, you're like you're not going to get there. Like I hate to break it to you, and, <laughs> and it's just going to be a big rift in the locker room. <laughs> Probably, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, Trevor Simeon, uh, I do want to. He threw a fucking dart. One of that those tutties touchdown to Troutman. That touchdown yes. to Troutman. Oh my God. Yes. He threw that. And I was like, oh my God. Dude, that was a laser. The fourth <laughs> Manning. They're breaking down the walls to the, uh, the, the fourth Manning here. Um, it's really Cooper. It's really Cooper. He's going under oh, an alias. Yeah. yeah. He had a neck injury. That's not funny. Um, all right, Aaron, uh, let's, let's finish up the one o'clock slate. You run your victory lap. Your Colts went into Buffalo uh, and just, just put it down. Ass whooped. Um, Again, anytime you see the Colts having a lot of success, it's when they're able to do it from a positive game script. They were able to lean heavily on the run. Uh, Wentz didn't have a drop back in the fourth quarter, did not drop back for a pass in the fourth quarter. And when he's going for 11 for 20 and, you know, the defense is able to have the kind of success that they had, that's, that's, that's the blueprint. That's how we want to win games. Um, they just seemed more prepared for this game than Buffalo. Buffalo is again one of these teams who maybe we thought we're gonna we're gonna be a great team, but now it's like I don't I don't know I, what's wrong with them. They they just didn't have it, and the Colts came out and punched them squarely in the mouth and held them down the entire the entire afternoon. That game was never close. There was never anything close. Jonathan Taylor was just shredding them. This supposedly the number one defense in football. I mean, he was getting whatever he wanted. They were the, the Colts offensive line was moving guys around. 
you know, he's running through guys, running around guys, stiff. I saw so countless number of the stiff arms that he had just throwing Buffalo defenders to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they had some late garbage touchdowns, but this was, a, this was like the strongest Xavier Rhodes, even with a couple of plays, believe it or not, uh, some toast. big, some big interceptions on Josh Allen. The bills have no run game. They have no run game. None. And it seems like they have good, like a decent line. And you, you think Singletary and Zach Moss are like, okay players, but they, they, they have no run game at all. Yeah. And what they did against the Colts in the playoffs last year, they really unleashed Allen and had him pick up a lot of yards. He killed them in that playoff game. He would just, he would just tuck and run and they had no answer for him out in space. He picked up a bunch of like third and five, third and four type plays that were just backbreakers against them. And then we just didn't see it. We didn't see it this year. I don't know if, so, if they were trying to preserve him or that maybe they didn't want to show that. I don't, I don't understand it, but they, they didn't have it offensively. You know, so I um, I did some looking on this. So the Colts rushed three or four on almost two-thirds of their snaps. They just didn't blitz at all in that game. We've talked about it. That's how you get – That's how, how you, you beat Buffalo. Jeff Allen. Because you can't – they can't run the ball effectively. We've seen this. So it's great. Here's eight guys in coverage just looking at you. What are you going to do? And that was what the blueprint was to beating the Chiefs earlier this year. But what we're finding is that the Chiefs have woken up because it's, well, we're just going to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey a bunch then and like we'll figure it out. And if you look at Buffalo and kind of like who we thought they were this year, their best win is against a Chiefs team when the Chiefs turn the ball over four times. Like that's their best win. If you look at their wins this year outside of that, it we talked about that. They played some really shitty quarterbacks. Some really shitty quarterbacks. And those are the only games they've won. I, I mean, I, I, hey, look, I asked last week if the Titans are, are frauds. Are the Bills frauds? Well, one thing that's going to be interesting to watch with the Bills as the weather gets worse, you always, I don't know, I guess Rodgers and Brady, they were able to do it. But it's weird to think about a, a northern outdoor team. Mm-hmm building their offense on like basically a high volume passing attack. Yeah. A lot of speed, a lot of throwing. You usually think of those historically as more run heavy defensive minded teams. And I was listening to reading to something last week. It's like, you know, going into this game, I understand that the Colts are the road team, but they are much more suited to play in this crappy weather game, this rain game. They're the team with the hog mollies, with the rushing attack, with the defense as opposed to you got Steph Dig, Steph Diggs out there trying to run his precise routes in the mud, and that just doesn't quite go as well as it does on turf or yeah. or in good weather. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm kind of interested to see as the as the weather progresses. Like ha, like they're gonna have to play the Patriots. They're gonna have to play the Patriots twice in like three weeks in so December. They- once in Foxborough, once in the Bills, and it's like. Yeah, how do you see that going if if we have some weather situations? Because so, we know the Patriots' famous words are built for violence with yeah. their offensive front. So this the wheels maybe could fall off for Buffalo. I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or write them off, but they, they could have some really challenging games ahead. So their next three games are at New Orleans um, when New Orleans should be full strength for that game. They should have Kamara. They should have Taysom Hill, which God only knows what that means um then they play new england and then they go to tampa and hayden you tell me 
if they what they win one of those games i mean if the bills yeah. are like seven and six or god forbid they lose all of them they're six and seven i mean you tell me what happens at buffalo are they just like eating every buffalo wing in sight just stress eating or what i think so i mean it, it does get they do have the panthers atlanta and the jets to uh, close that out they have another one against the patriots as well but no it can get real messy here for buffalo and uh they needed they needed this one on the weekend and <laughs> the colts just they were the better team and Man. yeah yeah we've just th- we talked about it we haven't seen the bills beat anyone yet except for and, the chiefs yeah but the Pat- patrick mahomes had a bunch of turnovers in that game and we didn't we just talk about that he did yeah, so so I mean he every- had two, but that was the that was the game where they had like the fumble on like the three yard line and then they had another fumble in the red zone. Like they turned the ball over three times in the red zone in that game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I still need to see more from the Bills to really be concerned <laughs> about them uh, if I'm another AFC team, but everybody in the AFC is a, is a total disaster right now. I feel so. Um, it's rough. It's yeah, rough out there. It is. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be interesting in the playoffs. I'm really looking forward to it on the AFC side. I'm telling right. you, man, the, it's basically just get in and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. You're right. All right. Let's talk NFC side. Hayden, it's, it's, it's your turn. Give me your victory lap. Oh, Vikings man. 34 Packers 31. This felt good. Not going to lie. Felt really good. Actually. Uh, hate the Packers so much. And that was pretty clear this weekend, but I thought they were going to blow another game. Uh, the Vikings, because at halftime I was, I was pretty mad. I was upset. Um, but you know what? They, they came through Kirk cousins played kind of scary. He, uh, he gave me a couple heart attacks in this game. Thankfully that, uh, that interception at, at the end of the game was over overturned, but, uh, no good win. For the Vikings, I think they can beat anybody in the league if they play, um, if they play good football and if they play up to their potential, they can really beat anybody. I I got a lot of that too. I got into it with a guy on Twitter. Um, he was saying that 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 Packers overturned pick should have been a pick because he was like, well, like he caught the ball and then his knee was down and then he dropped it. And I was like, well he dropped it because when his arm hit the ground with the ball in it, it just popped up in the air and he pinned it against his thigh. Like it was, yeah. that's, that was not a catch. Like, yeah. and he was like, well, you know, if, uh, if a receiver did that, it was a catch. It was like, nope, nope. I don't <laughs> think in any world that was a catch, man. I understand I so. that. The Packers <sighs> didn't have the refs with them this game. And you could tell that really hurt their fan base. Cause there was a lot of them bitching and moaning on Twitter uh, about so, how awful the refs were. So Aaron, you've not seen this. I'm, I'm sure you've not seen this stat. So there, um, there is an axis that is first downs gained on third down by a penalty called against the other team. And the Packers lead that, that stat over the last 15 years by like 65 basis points. Like it's a humongous margin of first downs attributed to penalties called against the other team. I would argue that some of that is Aaron Rodgers goading is, people. Is Aaron Rodgers? He's the king of like running that play before the switch gets off the field and they get too many men, or 
um, a hard count, draw somebody off sides or like yep. he, he he's really good at that shit. So that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I understand what you're implying that maybe they're getting a little bit of help from the zebras and maybe they, you know what the guys like that always do in any sport. Yep. You know, the, the veterans who've been around doing the shit for 20 years, LeBron gets every call, Brady gets yeah. every call, Rogers gets calls. That's just how it goes, man. Yeah. That's just how, how it goes for guys like that. But you know, I, I, I think one minor thing that happened in that game that I actually view as significant and maybe I'm, Maybe I'm making too big a deal out of this, but okay. So, so Jefferson should have had three touchdowns, right? He got ruled out on that long one. And then like cook ran yeah. it in or some bullshit. Yeah. I think that was important because I, I think that Zimmer is being overwhelmed by external pressures saying you need to be more aggressive. You need to be more aggressive. You need to be more aggressive. Justin Jefferson gets like a criminal amount of publicity, like not the lack of it. Like, I feel like nobody talks about him as a top five wide receiver in the league. And I would challenge anybody to find four wide receivers doing playing at a higher level than him right now. And I feel like that would have been a little splashier to say he had three touchdowns. or would have been a lot of Moss comparisons. And it would have really like churned that up into the national media a little bit more. And it would have just really fueled the fire uh, that much more to open this offense up because that's when they play the best. When you let Kirk throw the damn ball and Justin yeah. Jefferson is out there just torching dudes. You want to double him? Fine. We'll throw to Osborne. We'll throw to Thielen. We'll throw to Conklin. I mean, they have weapons and it's just, it kills me when they were trying to, they were trying to salt that game away, mm-hmm. running the ball, running, you know, guard blast left on second and 10 with like, you know, such a beta at, at the at the end of the third, it's it's just it's it's fucking horrible. You can't coach like that and be successful in the NFL. And I don't I, I, I think you just need like the entirety of the NFL media and the Vikings fan base and maybe their GM and their owners to be like, dude, you have to fucking be more aggressive. This is bullshit. And I, I don't know. I just really wanted to see that third touchdown. The better he does, the harder it gets for Zimmer to run this conservative horse shit that is costing the Vikings all these games. I would have, I, I wish you could have seen me when they ran that third down pitch play to the fullback. Jesus when they ran a fullback Christ. sweep. Yeah. Dude, I, again, I watch the games by myself typically. Like my wife is in and out, but like, I'm not like screaming or anything. And it was just, it was one of the few times I just kind of like sat up and I was like, what the hell? What, what was that? What? what?" So we talked a bit about play callers and this is going to be my, like my last point on the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, everything you said is right. He's the second fastest. Uh, He has the second most hundred yard games in his first two seasons. Uh, He only trails OBJ all time, all time. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, so we talk about play callers in the NFL and how they have play sheets and how you see how they have must have plays. They have situational plays. So they scheme the first 15 plays at the beginning of the game, first down, second down, and then whatever your third down calls are, are all strictly situational. So somewhere on Clint Kubiak's play sheet, Aaron, he prepped this. Like when he went through his Excel spreadsheet, it was like, Hmm. What's going to for sure get me at least two yards whenever I call it on third down? He was like, really love this CJ Ham sweet play we've been calling. <laughs> I really love fullback toss. 
<laughs> Spider Z Y banana 30 heavy on to break. And it was like, what? <laughs> so like, and it wasn't just him, right? I mean, he has other offensive assistants in the room when they're going through game plan. And like just a bunch of other fucking yes men were like, oh no, 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 no. I think that's that's smart. They'll never see that coming. And yeah, if they do they'll, see they'll it, bring the pressure up the middle, we'll catch them completely off guard. <laughs> sweep to the, <laughs> the streak is alive, by the way. Again, Vikings, only team that have led in every single game so far this season by a touchdown or more. Just pain, man. Just pain. <laughs> I hated and, that option, sorry, to go for the field goal at the end. That was dude, killing me. So I was much. screaming in the slack. I'm in the slack. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the slack. And Aaron's like, there's no way they could miss this. It's a chip shot. And I was like, Blair Walsh on line one. I've heard this before. <laughs> uh, I was just I was just giving you guys shit. I was like, this is unmissable. There's no way that anyone <laughs> could possibly miss this field goal. There's no way. It's a guarantee. And you guys are like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's rip through these last four games. We're, we're running along with them, too. Um, the Raiders are who we thought they were. The Raiders suck. I, it's, this is on me. I hung with them too long. The emotional toll of this season and the loss of rugs and other playmakers is just going to catch up to them. It just is what it is. Uh, They're five and five and going in a very bad direction. Uh, Derek the, penalty, Carr, the, the penalty discrepancy in that game was massive. Yeah. yeah. The Raiders are so sloppy right now. They look like a team without their head coach. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're playing very loose in a bad way. Loose football. Yeah, Joe Mixon, 30 carries, two tutties. Uh, the Raiders just, they looked bad. And I think that's who the Raiders are going to be for the rest of this year. So mm. I am no longer betting on the Raiders. Uh, Cardinal rule, put it on the board. I'm no longer betting on the Raiders. I don't have those rules because once everyone goes against them and they're going to be catching too many points and yeah, never mind. Go on. Nope. Nope. I just, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, all right. Uh, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chiefs won 19 9. I, I don't know what it is. I think that somewhere in the league, there is an agreement where it's like once every drive, it's just like an unwritten rule. It's like, hey guys, once every drive, we're going to play zone coverage, just completely fucking forget where Travis Kelsey is. We're just not even going to talk about it. Um, there were, he had three first down conversions in that game, where three third down conversions in that game, where he just, the they ran the same play and he just kind of curled and they ran another guy who curled kind of adjacent to him and the defender hit the other guy and the safety was late to get to Kelsey every single time. And I was like, dude, what do you game plan for throughout the week? What are you talking about in the meeting rooms? They're like, Hey, they're tight ends. They're kind of weak. 87. Just let him get his, like, what are we talking about? I think they just get so scared of Tyree kill burning them to a crisp, but they're just like, no, nah, we'll just give Kelsey bullshit underneath. We'll come up, make the tackle on him and just don't get torched uh, by Tyree kill. Yes. I, I, I have some thoughts on this game. I, I know we're, we're trying to burn through it, but I do want to throw this out there. This is another tip of the cap to, to Warren Sharp peg this game. So the, the biggest thing that the Chiefs have struggled with all year is this too high shell, the, this, this uh, two safety shell where they run, the, they run the deep coverage. They say you're not beating us deep. You get to throw underneath and make these kind of plays, blah, 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 blah. And that's what Mahomes refuses to do. He's like, no, I'm going to extend plays and I'm still going to try to rip it, throw it down into coverage. And that's why he's been – a lot of turnovers, a lot of errant passes, a lot of bullshit. They've been struggling. And the Cowboys traditionally, or at least with their new coordinator with Quinn, they always run the single high safety. And the big question going into this game was, hey, are they going to, are they going to alter their defense and do what's proven to work against the Chiefs? 
or are they going to really try to stick to their guns and run their single high safety, something that traditionally Mahomes and the Chiefs have had a lot of success against. So they come out in the single high and they got roasted. That's, that's where they give up all their points, like in the first 17 minutes of this game, basically. Uh, they had the opening touchdown to Kelsey. They had a, a field goal, and then they had another touchdown right at the beginning of the second quarter. They were just getting roasted by the Chiefs. And so they switched it up and went to two high, and the Chiefs scored three points the rest of the way. I'm, I'm again, kind of throwing cold water on, oh, Chiefs are back, because it seems like there's a pretty clear blueprint to what gives them a shitload of trouble and prevents them from looking like they have the last two years. And the Cowboys were just too goddamn stubborn to do it until they got roasted. I mean, at least they made the in-game adjustment and switched over. But, yeah, then, I mean, we're, we're talking about they had they had three points in almost three quarters of football. They scored they scored uh, the 16 point at, right at the start of the second quarter. And then from that point on, they almost had nothing the whole time uh, when they finally started, when the Cowboys finally started mixing in the two safety looks. So, yeah, it was, real, it was a really shitty game. Dak was all over the place. And then when you lose, when you have no Cooper, when you have no CD lamb, that's a lot of explosiveness. And then now you're leaning on, I don't know. I feel like Mike McCarthy got a little bit out coached. He's not a guy that is going to get a lot out of a little, like the Cowboys offenses look good, but that's because they're super, super fucking talented. They have good running backs. They have a good offensive line, good quarterback, good wide receivers, so on and so forth. But you take a lot of that away. Tyron Smith's out, you lose CD lamb. You lose, um, you lose Amari Cooper, and now it's like, okay, well, now we need to scheme some stuff and get blood from a stone and play kind of above our level, and they were not able to do that. They made the Chiefs' defense look really, really good, and I don't think that they're a really, really good defense. Chris Jones was just eating that off Cowboys offensive front alive. He put in pressure against sacks. He was all over the place. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I am not jumping to any major conclusions from that game. I think it was a really bad matchup for the Cowboys from a scheme and from an injury standpoint and the chiefs were okay. Um, when they had what they wanted and then when they didn't, they weren't that good in the second half. Yeah. The, also they had the two turnovers in the second half. The, the one pick that, uh, that Mahomes had, I feel like they're like most of his interceptions this year. Like it hit Kelsey right in the hands and he just like flipped it up in the air. Um, Clyde, Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, looked pretty sharp in his first game back though. He yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, he had I'm some bounce. I'm wondering if he's going to be able to help them kind of salt some of these games away as we get later on throughout the year. I mean, he had 12 carries for 65. Um, all right. So that takes us to one, two games left, uh, cards. God. So the, Russell Wilson led Seahawks the last two games that he has been back. I think I saw it was 19 drives and it's two scores. Like that's all he's gotten in 19 drives. Like this, you said it earlier in the pod, like the Cardinals won this game and good for them. They managed to win two games with Colt McCoy. And that is, that is something to behold. Um, The Seahawks are broken. They're not good. No, their defense is bad, bad. Uh, Russell is pressing in a way that I don't think we've seen him press. Like they look off time. They look off target. Um, Somebody's got to go there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's uh, P Carroll or Russ or, but like that, they're clearly in a bad place. They don't have a first round pick either, right? They gave it up for Jamal Adams. Woo. What's great ROI on that one, fellas. That's what, I mean, 
they, they have no identity offensively or defensively. They have no identity. They have their coaching staff wants to pound it. Russ wants to open it up. They can't do either of those two things right now. Um, I mean, that Chris Carson's out. Their offensive line's not great. Russ has got the finger deal, which is obviously hampering him. They, they're not doing anything well offensively. And I think their, their confidence is just rock bottom, all-time low, and everyone's blaming everybody else in that locker room for the shitty play. And then on defense, you try to, you try to hitch your, your cart to the Jamal Adams horse. And, yeah, he makes a lot of flashy, like, highlight reel plays. He, he reminds me of a little bit more polished um, LaRon Landry. You guys remember LaRon Landry? Yeah. yeah. Uh, played for Washington, and then he played for the Colts for a few years. Just like yeah. a weight room god, like – biceps popping out of his uh, popping out of his shoulder pads out of his jersey like just a freak athletically yeah. did but Landry it's like lead the oh, league in targeting penalties for like seven years like wasn't that, that his claim uh, of fame i mean i'm that, that sounds absolutely correct for the point that i'm making here but just a dude that really he's just like an undersized linebacker that's trying to drill people and can't cover for shit and yeah. you know that's fine if you're signing the guy as a free agent hoping to catch lightning in a bottle like the colts did but to trade as much as the Seahawks did for that and have it go as poorly as it's going. They don't have a lot of talent elsewhere defensively either. I mean, they, they, they need to start looking, looking forward. They need to, if they could trade Russ and get some picks back, get some young players back at a hall for him to try to, to spark the rebuild, that would be their best case scenario. I don't know if you want to keep Pete around or fire him. I don't think it really matters at this point. They're not going to contend for a few years either way. Yeah, I think Pete's kind of hit that like Zimmer window where it's just he's been there for what like nine years now, eight or nine years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's I just, think that's it, fine. I mean, eventually you're just kind of like, all right, well, it's probably about that time, right? So, yeah. so they gave up a first round pick for an interception, three passes defended, and seventy four tackles, four of them for a loss, uh, zero sacks this year. That is what they gave up a first round pick for. This What's year. His P- where, where's this PFF at? That's I'm oh. interested to see that once the, it's going to be bad, dude. It's going to be bad, bad. Let me, I can tell you in two seconds. I bet <laughs> it's pretty gross. James Conner is a touchdown machine. I know he just gets yeah. a lot of goal line work and he's not like a great player, he's just in the right situation a lot. But that dude just scores so many touchdowns. Yeah, what a uh, what a resurgence for him coming out of Pittsburgh. Um, God, where is this guy? If I got to look this hard, that should be. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor uh, Jones, Isaiah Simmons. So he is, <laughs> so he is 57th. Uh, he is sandwiched between Julian Blackman of your Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Sandejo. And anytime you are also on any of the list, Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> anytime you are on any list and you're within arm's reach of Andrew, Andrew Sandejo, you're on the wrong part of the list. You want to yeah. get to the other part of the list as quickly as humanly possible. Because <laughs> uh, that's bad. Uh, remember we were at that Colts game on Thursday night and he just like blew a coverage. And I was like, oh, Andrew Sandejo just in the wrong place. I've never seen this before. I have never seen Andrew Sandejo just be like, I actually just want to hit somebody. So I'm just going to bail. I just want to call him Wreck-It Ralph. He just like puts <laughs> his head down. He's just like, I'm gonna hit someone. It's like, no man, you you just got burnt. You got to keep those eyes up, buddy. He's one of the big bullets in Mario. That's what he is. He's fucking. <laughs> um, all right, so we got uh, last game of the slate, Sunday night football. Uh, Chargers got a win against the Steelers. 
Uh, I didn't catch a ton of this game, so I'm hoping you guys saw more than me. Uh, one thing I did see, um, so Justin Herbert has three games this year where he's either the number one or number two fantasy quarterback. Every other game, he is worse than 20th. Take for that what you will. Right. Um, they, they let Herbert run a lot more this game, which definitely opened some things up for the Chargers. Um, he was, he was throwing a lot of, um, intermediate stuff. He hit a lot of people in like the, you know, eight to 15, whatever yard range. They didn't throw a lot of deep stuff, but he was, he was kind of slicing and dicing the Pittsburgh defense. He made the Pittsburgh defense look about as bad as I've seen them look so far this year, um, that anyone has made them look that I've seen. Um, also you got to give credit where credit's due big Ben. This was his best game of the year by far. It was kind of vintage Big Ben. I even saw I even saw a headline today that was like, hmm, Ben played pretty well. I wonder what they do next year. And I was like, okay, that's <laughs> that little bit, little bit of a reach there. I think we know what needs to happen in Pittsburgh. But he definitely had his best game of the year so far. And they really made a run at this game. I had a big dog. I had a I had a Red Hogs Steelers money line parlay for like plus 750. Um, and I was really, really pulling for Steel City. They let me down. They, this terrible blown coverage at the end of the game. Mike Williams was wide open for like a 70-yard touchdown, just absolute blown coverage uh, that ended up sinking them. But, yeah, it was a weird game for Pittsburgh. Like I said, normally the defense carries them, and they try to hope Ben and Najee can just do enough to keep him in it, but it was totally flip-flop. Ben, was, ben had his best game of the year, and their defense got shredded. Um, they, they just couldn't cover. Uh, Keenan Allen was open all the fucking time. Um, Mike Williams did a lot of damage. I mean, they just their secondary was getting torched by Herbert. Austin Eckler, absolute beast in this game as well. Just, yeah, good game for the Chargers. They needed it uh, after a little bit of a rough patch here. And their schedule is actually pretty favorable for uh, the rest of the way here. They got the Broncos. Bengals, Giants. I mean, they got the Chiefs in there, but then Texans, Broncos, and Raiders. So, um, yeah, they can do some damage down the stretch, I think, and they'll be right there in the in the that, AFC. That Chiefs well. charge. That Chiefs Chargers game is probably going to like be for the division. Basically, that's going to yeah. be a really yeah. big game. Yeah, you're right. That's going to be. Where is it? Is it in L.A. or Arrowhead? It's in L.A. Yeah. So there'll still be more Chiefs fans though than one million oh. percent. Yeah. Than Chargers fans. <laughs> there was a there was an obscene amount of Steelers fans yeah. at this game. Yeah, unbelievable. I think, I think it was Cousin Sal that was talking about that. And he made the point that, like, if you're going to play in LA, the Chargers games are cheaper. And it's like, it's like a destination for opposing fans. It's like, oh, yeah. we're going to go to LA, like, particularly cold weather cities like Minneapolis and yeah. uh, Pittsburgh. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah. Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. It's, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all time, all time name games this week. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod got some love in the Steelers game and Lil Jordan. Humphrey, L I L Jordan Humphrey for the Humphrey, Saints. Got a tutty for the Saints. All time, yeah. um, all time name matchups. Uh, <laughs> and then we got the Bucks up 17-10 on the Giants at the half. That game's not going to tell me anything. I don't already know. The Buccaneers are good. Danny Dimes is good enough that Aaron still has like a weird crush on him, but not good enough. I I bet on Daniel Jones anytime TD score. Uh, and I also took the Giants plus 11 and a half same game parlay with under 50 so yeah I, i'm on the g-man again surprise surprise <laughs> not good for you see seek help seek help all right guys that wraps us up uh and we will catch you thursday for our 
pick them pod hosted wednesday by... we're gonna have to do it wednesday because oh, uh, yeah. yeah tricky day yeah tricky day All yeah we got stuff. a lot of action so yeah All right. we will catch you boys and girls wednesday good call uh aaron will be hosting that show uh, oh, as yeah. always thanks for joining us here uh drew aaron hayden signing off uh be sure to follow us on preset motion on twitter send us an email uh at preset motion at gmail.com uh, and Aaron, please uh, expose your dolphin fan with irresponsible two attacks. That being I'll said, guys, he, maybe I'll see if he get. A, I'll bring him on the show. Oh, nightmare fuel! All right, can't wait, can't <laughs> wait to duke that out. All right, guys, uh, have a happy Turkey Day. Talk to you guys in a couple of days. Signing off. See ya. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs>